Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is October 16th, 2022. Time is 6 p.m. And joining me, as always, is Big Daddy Prep. What's up, Al? How you doing, man? Hey, Jester. Good afternoon. And uh, how are you today, buddy? It's uh, it's turning a little fall here. A little fall here oh, in yeah. Arkansas. So, yeah, we've, yeah, we finally got fall. The, I'm excited, man. We're getting the leaves changing here. The temperature's cooling down. I could start wearing hoodies and having campfires again in the yard. And, you know, yep. all that good fall stuff is coming. Yes, sir, it is. So, guys, before we get into tonight's episode, guys, remember the email. It's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. All right? Don't forget to hit up ReadyWise and get yourself some survival food as well. And, uh, guys, once again, we are live every Monday night on Podbean. So if you don't have the app, get the app. Come and check out the lives. And Al is live on there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights as well. I believe it's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Al's live over there. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. So if you guys want more content, you guys are, are, that's where you got to go to get that extra content. Um, Yes, sir. So to get into this, uh, prepping for the season, right, Al? Isn't that the topic we were covering today? Yes, sir. Uh, I kind of brought this topic to you because it's one of my pet peeves um, during the change of the season that... Regular people don't seem to change with the season, and if I see preppers that don't change with the season, it's a real, real peeve of mine. Um, Folks understand that the same prepping that you do for summertime is not the same prepping you do for fall and for winter and for spring and things like that, so you must change with the season, so that's that's where we're at today. Gotcha, and I think that... um... Something specifically for me, when, when I think changing of the seasons, I think moisture, I think wetness. And this goes back to everything I'm always telling you guys, waterproof your preps. Right on. Right on. Waterproof right on. everything. And I know, Al, when you brought this topic to me, one of the things specifically with it was, you know, prepping your vehicle, having what you need in your vehicle as well. Yes, sir. Um, if- so wherever, wherever you want to start, man, I'm game. Let's go. Well, first of all, we understand that we have no matter where you live in the country you have huge fluctuations in temperature over the year now we've seen a steady change in the weather over the last 20 or 25 years so certain areas are drier now that used to be wetter and certain areas are wetter they used to be drier and some are, are hotter at other times of the year when other parts of the country are cooler so you have to first of all understand the area that you're in first of all. Second of all, understand the season that you're in and the probabilities of weather. We None of us are weathermen. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, we got a pretty good idea what's going to happen 24 hours from now, but you know, two weeks from now, it's kind of a mystery. So having yourself prepared for that, you wouldn't prepare the same way for summer if you were stuck outside as you would in the middle of winter, wherever you're at. 
also preparing for a wet environment compared to a dry environment. And I'm just going to throw out there one little thing about that. You wouldn't wear your swimming trunks on Christmas for the most part. And you probably wouldn't win your, win, uh, wear your, your, your down thermalized jacket on 4th of July. So this is about wearing and having your vehicle prepared for, for the season it is. Right, I get, I totally get what you're saying. So, here's one thing. You know we're moving into the fall season. You know it's usually wetter, windier. Uh, we had a sudden outbreak of hail in the, in the generalized area that I live in just this morning. Now, it's been about 77 degrees this afternoon here in Arkansas, but we had hail about 4 or 5 o'clock this morning here just outside of town. So you know you're going to have wetter weather, you're going to have worse weather, and you're going to have cool. So make sure that you have the appropriate clothing when you leave the house. And, and, and here's the thing. Most people, when they leave the house, they're just leaving for today. They're just leaving for the next few hours. But you have to plan your vehicle and plan your attire as if you're not coming back. Um, I see a lot of people, it's the cool time of the season, they leave out and it's 60 degrees. And it's going to be a beautiful day, Al, no problems. And they don't take a hoodie with them. They don't take any gloves with them. They don't put on boots for wet, for wet weather. And then halfway through the day or they work into late in the evening time and it's now it's rained and the weather's turned off 30 degrees cooler or they're having to go to a game because they're running behind, they're running to their kid's game and now they're sitting out and they're shivering. So why put yourself in that position when as a good prepper, you Need to make sure that you cover all the bases so plan your attire in layers where you can take off and put on layers but to have those layers you're probably just not going to carry around with you everywhere so getting a bag ready for your vehicle for the season packing what you need I, I don't want to go too. I don't want to go too far, Jester. I don't want to talk too much. I want to let you in on on the goody here. But it's a pet peeve of mine. I really get mad at people like that because they're not proper properly preparing themselves, and not preparing yourself is one thing. But what about the people in your circle? Because some of the people in your circle, they don't have an opportunity to think for themselves. You have children. You have you have older people. They don't plan for these things. So you, as a prepper, have to be doing your job. So, I, I mean, let's talk about that for a second, your dependents and how they're not able to prep for themselves. I got little kids, and I'm pretty adamant if it's getting a little bit cooler out that we need to have jackets and hoodies in the vehicle, right? Absolutely. Even if we're going right down the road, you need to have something in there. Just Absolutely. for the idea, we break down, we get stuck, this, that, the other. And again, just to go back to the rain thing, like I actively carry a tarp in my truck all year long. Just in the event of, oh, crap, we get stuck walking down the highway in the rain, I can cover everybody and we can keep moving. Right. Right on. Or right I got to build a temporary shelter on the side of the road, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I keep cordage. I keep tarps. I keep uh, bungee cords. I keep some MREs. I keep a lot of different things just in my daily driving vehicle aside from the overland bug out vehicle, you know. Right. But as as these times are coming and getting colder, like I, you know, for once in my life, I finally feel like I own enough jackets and coats. Right. I never felt that way growing up, but now I feel that I have enough. So now that I feel that I do have enough, I can actively keep one in each vehicle, right? To where I don't have to worry. If I'm in this vehicle, I have this jacket, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And a lot of people just underestimate certain things to keep in there. I mean, Al, something as simple as a garbage bag to keep in there to to keep, you know, to throw over your kids and keep them dry is something just a 
that a lot of people negate that they forget about. But I keep thinking, you know, going into this colder weather, things I experienced in the north. And we talked about this a little bit before on vehicle preps. And I don't want to talk over you now because this was your selected topic. And I know you got a lot you want to say. So I'm going to let you continue. <laughs> well, here, here's my thing. This is the, the rule I go by. Do you have head cover, hand cover, and foot cover for the people that are going to be with you? And people say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about something that you can put over your head because we know a major portion of the heat that's released from your body comes out of your head your hands your feet okay so making sure that the head's covered the hands frostbite the feet frostbite the the, the first things that get frostbitten are like the nose the lips the fingers okay so you have to kind of kind of guide yourself accordingly to this does everyone that's with you have a head covering a hand covering and foot covering well okay maybe you're wearing it that's a great idea to make sure you always have it and you're on your feet you know but if you don't what if you do get broke down what if something happens you can't get home Jester, there are people that leave their home today and get ready to come home tonight and a wildfire has struck now it may not be in the summertime and it may not be in the wintertime it could be in the fall or the, or the spring when things are wet if you can't get back there do you have the proper things to maintain yourself and keep yourself going you have to get to the next day we're always talking about getting more people across the finish line so Let's just say that you go to the kids' ball game this afternoon, okay? And it's it's nice weather, but as you're going home, now there's a large fire between you and your home. So you're waiting on the fire crews. The temperature starts to drop. You didn't get any gas, so your vehicle runs out of fuel. You're stuck in the cold. Nothing's worse than a group of two or three or four kids that are cold. Their hands are cold. Their heads are cold. They're cold. They're hungry. So you have to guide yourself accordingly. Now, in the summertime, you can beat off the heat. You can try to get to shade and things like that. But in the wintertime, there is no substitution for getting warm. And we all know children and older people, they're more susceptible than you and I are. So. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. I say this. How long does it take right now to go, okay, well, I've got three kids, my, my, my significant other and myself. So that's uh, five um, stocking type hats, some cheap gloves. You don't have to have the high dollar things, cheap gloves. Let's just cover the pack. Uh, let's just go get a set of hat and gloves for everybody. What's that weigh? Maybe three, four ounces, five ounces, all of it together if you get the cheapies. Also, a couple blankets, maybe two or three blankets they don't have to be significantly heavy and a couple tarps you throw that all in the bag you vacuum it down now what's it weigh pound two pounds maybe three pounds that's not much to ask for you throw it in the bag you put it in your back of your vehicle now you covered your bases what about if you get stuck out someplace and you don't have anything to eat you're stuck you can't get home for two or three hours there's fire crews in your way everybody's hungry we all know that when you're in the weather, the winter weather and the cold, you're susceptible to burning more calories. So how about putting some high-calorie foods in there? We're not talking about a diet. We're talking about a lifestyle here, okay? You're wanting to put as much, much calories and as much for your, your body to burn to stay warm as possible. So we're not talking about Weight Watchers type of things here. We're talking about things with high calories. 
and carbohydrates. These are very simple things that, that you can do right now and it won't cost you hardly anything. We all know that you can go buy the little cheap little hats and, and gloves and things like that. Also, what about just some, some bags, some of those little t-shirt bags that, they, that they, they give you at every big box store you go to? Put a big bunch of them in with you. If, 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 if it's a situation where your feet can get wet, if you throw one of those, I do it all the time with my boots, throw, throw them over my boots, tuck them in the tops, and it keeps my boots from getting wet. Now, will it stop all water? No, but it might keep some rain off of them. It might keep a little water off of them if I'm having to walk through a wet area. Heavy dew, I do it with heavy dew all the time. These are things you have to think about right now, Jester. If This is not about just being comfortable. This is also about survival, too. You could get stuck on a backcountry road. And this is just for winter weather. I haven't even got into the rest of the, the hot weather, but just for winter weather. Let me let me jump in real quick here, how you brought up the bags. Uh, so, I, you know, I used to be a welder for many years, and we used to have to weld out in the rain like a bunch of idiots. And um, <clears throat> to avoid electrocution, they would give us, uh, like, latex or rubber gloves to wear underneath of our welding gloves. Yep. Now... I discovered that this helped insulate my gloves better. So every winter I started doing this. So how you brought up the grocery bag, simply putting those over your, you know, over your feet before you put them in your boots will help keep your feet a little bit drier and will help insulate your feet a little bit better as well. Right, yes, sir. So little things like that. But, you know, when you go back and you're talking about, you know, everybody's hungry, like my go to uh, for vehicle foods to keep in there, to keep in the vehicle, uh, granola bars, beef jerky, things like this. Um, just to kind of curb everybody's appetite, right? Yes. You're not going to carry a shit ton of food in your vehicle. You're not going to, you know, have enough food, a week supply for a family of five. I mean, there's some people that do. Like, I keep a pretty good food supply in my bug out vehicle, my Overlander, because that, again, that's it, that's its purpose. That's what it's for. Um, but your daily driver, like, I keep pretty much one decent size MRE in there that I could split up amongst people. And there's usually some, some snacks in there, too. But to get into this weather thing, I mean, for you to have backup, like Al said, backup hat, gloves, jacket, you know, things of that nature, that's going to make a big difference. But also just the idea of being smart and leaving the house in the proper attire. If it's 30 degrees outside, you're not leaving the house in shorts and sandals, right? And where I've made mistakes in the past before I really got like hardcore deep into the prepping thing, I grew up in the north and I thought to myself, you know, there, there was this one time I got stuck in a bad spot. And I had this uh, POS 95 Jetta, and uh, I had to go, I don't know, Al, maybe five minutes down the road, ten minutes down the road, wasn't going very far, but ended up getting a flat tire on my way down the road. Right. Yes, sir. Now, I'm just in jeans, a t-shirt, and tennis shoes because, I mean, I'm used to the cold. I'm like, I'm going ten minutes down the road. I don't need a jacket. I'll be I'm coming right back. But little did I know I was going to get stuck on the side of the road changing that tire. And holy shit that I regret not having a jacket, not having gloves, not having a hat. Right? Me too. So these, yeah. So just, again, be smart and just dress for what's coming. You know, dress for the dress appropriately for the weather. That's what I'm saying. And here's the thing, Jester. You dress appropriately. But even the best of preppers and those with the best of, of, of intentions that, that are trying to do the right thing, every once in a while you get caught slipping. Something will happen. You know, we plan for things to happen, but sometimes something happens and you just catch you totally off guard. So, this is a backup, okay? Uh, some extra hats and, and gloves and, and, and having the, uh, some extra bags and, and uh, tarp and some cordage. Understand that. 
maybe you don't get caught out there with everybody. Maybe you get out, caught out there just yourself. Maybe you end up having to burn the gloves or burn the hat to start a fire. Or maybe you have to take the bags to, to you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Those little bags, you can carry some water in those little bags, especially if you get two or three of them together. I've done it before. I've physically carried water a long ways in three t-shirt bags stuck together. So these have multiple uses. This is something you need to be thinking about. Set yourself aside a bag or a box in your vehicle and you call it the seasonal box. And about every three months you change it out as to what the needs are for the season. So I'll set one up now for the fall time of the year when it's wetter and you know you'd be harder to get a fire started and it could get the temperature drop at nighttime. Then when the winter gets here I'll set it up a little bit more. Maybe I'll put a little de-icer in there. Maybe I'll I'll put a little bit more food in there and kind of change this out as time goes. When summer gets here I'll, there's definitely some things I'll put in there like sunscreen because if you get stuck out someplace and let's just, let's just transfer in, in the summer as you get caught out on, a, on a, the same desert road or the same road out in the middle of nowhere in the summertime sunscreen uh, uh electrolytes to put in the water anything like that that might get you a little further through the day and into tomorrow can help you out now do you need the electrolytes in the winter yeah you do but you don't need them as much in the summertime when you're sweating out everything do you need the sunscreen in the summer in the wintertime? Probably not. But in the summertime, it could be big, big time helpful. There's lots of other things that come to, come to pass too that you would need. But this seasonal box kind of changes with what you're what you think you might get hit with, and kind of a curveball out, out, out of the you know that comes from out of nowhere. Listen, I'll tell you something. Uh, back to this electrolyte thing, guys. There's a lot of hydration products on the market. All right, there's there's a ton. They've got a. Uh, Gatorade's got something called like SOS now, and I know everybody's like yep. ranting and raving about the liquid IV and stuff like that, but the electrolytes are key. I keep thinking about going back to childhood and being up north and trudging through, you know, a foot and a half of snow, two foot of snow. That shit will wear you down quick, right? Quick. You're picking your legs up higher, you're dragging them through the snow, and I mean, let's be honest here. If if you're honest, if you're in a situation where you're like it's freezing cold out, I got to get home quicker you're going to take a shortcut. That shortcut might be a road that's not plowed. It might be cutting through a farmer's field that has two foot of snow that's untouched. You might do that to shorten your time, but you're going to wear yourself out in the process, right? right. So just, you know, don't don't negate that you could need these electrolytes or, you know, having the Gatorade SOS or some of these things in your bag um, to help keep yourself hydrated. Because I'm telling you, it's it does wear you down. I mean, anybody anybody that's a hunter that, that has you know, decided, hey, I'm going to go hunting and I'm going to drag all the stuff through the woods and carry a pack and then drag a deer out through two feet of snow. You guys know what I'm talking about, how quickly that'll wear you down and how quickly you get overheated with all those layers on. I mean, now there's a lot of people that out there, Al, that they say, well, I prefer the summer over the winter or vice versa. And I'm one of those guys, I'd rather be too hot than too cold because I can't function when it gets too cold. Like my, I feel my body being like, nope, I don't want to do it. But I will agree with people when they say that you can always add layers in the cold, but you can't take layers away in the heat, right? Right. So that's that's one that's one key thing here when you're talking about the seasonal survival is to the idea that you can remove the layers. And to go back to one thing you haven't mentioned yet, Al, having a decent backpack in your vehicle that, you know, say that if you're out there and you're getting hot and you have all these layers on, you could remove them and you could throw them in this pack and you could keep on moving or the idea you could throw them in these T-shirt bags and you could set them down and don't have to worry about them getting wet or screwed up or anything like that. 
Right. Also, Jester, something I was remiss in saying a minute ago, we talk about blankets, but we haven't even talked about the little Mylar blankets, the little fold-up Mylar blankets that literally could fit in your wallet. Those are something that just, I mean, they're worth their weight in gold if something happens to you in the summer or the winter. Because I understand even in the summertime, something happens, it might be hot during the daytime, but it can turn significantly cooler at nighttime compared to what it is in the daytime i mean you go through the 110 degree weather it's not 110 degrees at nighttime a 20 or 30 degree temperature drop can be you know huge to you you can feel like you're freezing after you've been out in the heat all day i know this because i worked in a hot environment and now i get very cold at 70 degrees myself personally um it's just part of my body makeup now but it's the little things. We're just giving you a place to start from. We're not telling you everything that you might need. Uh, here's the thing. People in your circle that could be a diabetic or could have a, a, a heart condition or, or maybe high blood pressure. We're not saying pack the whole medicine case, but maybe an extra 24 hours worth of medication with you that you keep with you all the time. Maybe keep it in the box. Maybe just keep it with you. But just in case you get stuck out someplace in the weather. Do you know how many people get out in the weather like this situation? Just like we're talking about it. And they get the shovel and stuff. They've already got a heart condition or high blood pressure. Now they're stressed. They're, they're worried. Now that, oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. They, they don't have any, their, their little medication with them. Or they get out and they do something like this. They overexert themselves and they're diabetic. And now... The blood sugar is either rising or dropping, and, and or the insulin uh, is rising or dropping. These are things you have to think about. You have to evaluate what's in your circle and then plan and pack for it. Um, I'm lucky now. My wife and I, we most of the kids are grown. It's just us. We don't travel far away from home. But as we do these things, we have to be cognizant of the season and where we're at. And you don't want to get trapped in a bad situation for you. But you don't want to trap other people in a bad situation where they could suffer repercussions or possibly death because you had lots of time to plan, but you, you just didn't do it. So, so I, got a, I, I got a funny story for you, Al. Um, go ahead. <laughs> well, my father-in-law had his own company. Uh, he had a small plumbing business growing up. And uh, anyway, we had this one co-worker that worked for us. And this guy was that guy he would get severely cold so he would wear multiple layers out when he was out shoveling snow this that the other now one day he's out shoveling snow he's got all these layers on and he says i have to take a piss right oh yeah so what ended up happening was he couldn't get these layers undone like somehow the zippers got locked to the clothes he was wearing beneath himself or or yep. you know whatever he, he just couldn't get he couldn't get it out to go to the bathroom Finally gets it out, starts pissing blood, and had to go to the hospital. Apparently, there was oh, some damage man. done from holding it. Now, me, I just would have pissed my pants. Yeah, me did, too. If it, was, if it was coming down to that, I would have just pissed my pants, and I would have worried about it later. Later, But, I mean, just, just to throw it out there for you guys, like, there are, you know, how I was saying, the high blood pressure, you know, it could feel like you're having a heart attack, all these other things. There's a lot of complications that can arise, and you got to listen to your body. you got to be very, very careful. Um, as you're out there in all these layers and as you are out there moving through these seasons because our our bodies will speak to us when when you know they're in distress and there's something going wrong and you really have to listen don't just say hey i'm going to push through it because i you know because i'm out of my element and this is a little bit different right? right so just listen listen to your body listen to what it's saying here's a couple items that i thought of myself for these seasonal things and, and you can figure out what use you might have for them but they're they're multiple use items and that's petroleum jelly 
and also cotton balls. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Have you ever had cold wind blowing through your ear to where your ear hurts? But a little cotton in your ear can oh, help yeah. that. Cotton ball also can help make a fire. Petroleum jelly help with a fire. Petroleum jelly keeps your wind, that your lips and your face from chapping in the cold winter wind, okay? Or the wet. So a little petroleum jelly and cotton balls, they don't go out of date. They never really go out of season because you can use them all year long. You can start a fire in the wet. You can keep your lips from chapping in the wind in the winter. In the summertime, you might need them for whatever. So these are little things right here that you think of as you go through your go through the list of what you want to put in. But these seasonal bags, don't throw it in your vehicle and go, that's my seasonal bag. What season? We're in winter. What would you pack for? It's summer. No, no. These these things you have to keep up. That's why I'm saying don't make a huge thing you got to go through. Just a small pack that might help you make it 24 hours for the season that you're in. Maybe, just maybe, Jester, that means that you need, in, in the climate that you're in, maybe you need thicker, warmer boots. You know, I don't get a lot of snow here where I'm at, but it's a wet snow. It's gone pretty quick. But some people get snow and it's absolutely on for weeks at a time. Maybe it's something that you could send out a SOS with. Maybe it's something that's bright. Maybe you need some bright spray paint or maybe you need some bright orange ribbon or something that you could tie on something to let somebody know where you're at. Contrast. Remember contrast, folks. Contrast. Three of anything stands out. Three of anything says distress, international code. Uh, anything that catches the eye, whether it be movement, whether it be something that's not normal in the in the in the environment, means distress. So, you know, these are items that you may have handy. I'm not saying go out and spend a lot of money. Maybe you have a flare gun. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Okay. Maybe you have some of that orange orange uh, uh, rubber ribbon that you could throw in there with your with your your preps for the season. Maybe you have some uh, snow boots that specifically for your area and you're like hey man these snow boots are the greatest i've got well throw them in your pack you may need them one day the planning you do today might keep you alive tomorrow you know al one thing i did want to get into with this episode was i wanted to talk about some of the things that you know you could for you could expect happening to you while you're traveling in your vehicle in the winter time right yes sir and i think this is going to speak to more people in the north versus the south um just given circumstances right yep i'm not saying it doesn't get cold in the south we got some wicked winters when i lived in texas we got some wicked winters when i lived in florida all right so i'm not for a second saying that it's you know it is more survivable in the south but i want to speak to some people you know in the north for a second the one thing we constantly dealt with was down power lines and down trees all right the extra yep. added weight of the snow makes branches fall and take out power lines. It makes trees collapse and fall over. This is a very common thing. I highly recommend in the event that you're driving down the road and you see a fallen tree that you have a way to remove it from the roadway. And I'm yes, not sir. saying go out in the middle of the highway and get yourself ran over. But what I'm saying is, is if you can keep a small saw, small chainsaw in your vehicle, um, I've been ranting and raving about these battery-powered chainsaws lately. If you can keep one of those in your vehicle, great. Be able to move the obstruction from the roadway so you could potentially get home and then save somebody else's life in the process. Because if you turn around and keep going, that person might be texting and driving, not see it, hit it, and they could have kids in the car, etc. So the ability to remove that obstruction. Now, when right. we talk about fallen power lines, this is something you don't want to tango with. This is something you don't want to mess with, right? No, sir. So having the ability to, I don't know, like you say, high contrast, something to mark and say, hey, there's a down power line 
or maybe you have maybe you have um a cb in your vehicle maybe you have your cell phone fully charged in your vehicle a way to alert somebody if that's down the power companies don't get out there right away when these lines are down and i've seen it in circum circumstances to where they won't even go out to the area till the roads are plowed which kind of makes you wonder how the dot does that if they're just out there plowing through down power lines i don't know but the typical practice is if there's a down power line you stay in your vehicle you alert somebody that that's down right right then absolutely the other big thing is getting stuck in the snow all right there are a lot of options now for you know getting your vehicle out of the snow all right they sell recovery boards online that that are used for overlanding and i know not everybody can go out and use these things i i know that um, but there's a lot of other Al. I'm sure you know a lot of the old timer tricks and hacks with the uh, the kitty litter and all that stuff. I'm sure. Oh yeah, there's there's tons of them. There's tons of them. There's there's many. And and I'm gonna say this: we're we're talking about seasonal items here. One of the seasonal items that I know of anywhere that I've ever grown up is 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 chains because you get off the road in bad weather and somebody's there they can help you. They don't have a chain. Or uh, I've got a dead battery. Oh, my God. Do I don't have any jumper cables. Well, if you have a dead battery, it's great if you have a pair of jumper cables. Maybe somebody could jump you off. Maybe somebody could pull you out if you had a chain and they could pull you out. But it's a surefire thing. If they don't have one and you don't have one, that they're not going to pull you out. They're not going to be able to. So if you have the ability to be able to have a, have a chain, have some jumper cables, have a little kitty litter or things like that to be able to get yourself out... I don't know anything about snow tires and about snow chains. I'm not the man for that because I did, wasn't raised in the north. But I will say this much. If that's something that helps you to get out, you need to have some with you. So this is not just about gloves and hats. These are about the things that are going to help you to get yourself back in a good position, whether it's at home or wherever, back on the road, whatever it might be. So I got a story on that for you guys. Um so, Al, when I was I was younger, I don't know, about maybe 23, 24, I went back home and I got a rental car. A buddy of mine and I were uh, driving down some back roads through the mountain that were unplowed, all right? We were doing just fine. This guy comes along in this SUV, and clearly we couldn't both fit on the roadway. So I just go off the road a little bit to let him pass. I get stuck. This guy sees I get stuck, and he just keeps on going like an asshole. Great. So a friend of mine and I were stuck on the side of the road trying to dig out the car by hand, didn't have a shovel, didn't have nothing. We're sitting there maybe for 45 minutes to an hour, taking like five-minute shifts going out there and digging with our bare hands in the snow, all right? Getting nowhere fast. Thankfully, thankfully, after being there for a little over an hour, uh, one of the plow trucks came through, and the guy happened to have a chain, and he pulled us, out of the, he pulled us off the berm, Right. Yep. Now, if that guy, if we're on this back road, there's no cell signal, there's no nothing. We have no idea where the hell we were at. We were just going on a, you know, we got some snacks for the day and we're like, hey, dude, the mountains look awesome. They're all covered with snow. Let's go on an adventure. And it turned out to be a shitty adventure. But if it wasn't for this plow guy coming along and having that chain, God only knows how long we would have been stuck out there. So just the example of being able to have that chain in your vehicle, I keep a tow strap in my truck. I keep a tow strap with hooks in my truck. For the event, if I need to pull somebody out, that's in there. It's ready to go. Right. Yeah. Right. We wouldn't leave home without them. I will tell you just a little story here, and I, and I want people to understand the reason why I'm telling this story is because what you can become a victim, not only of yourself, but you can become a victim of others. I know a company 
and, and there's nothing wrong with making money, but I know a company that they live like vultures sitting on a vine waiting for the first snow to come up because they pull in fifteen to $20,000 a day, even where I'm at, putting people back on the road again. Literally, it might be a three-second tug out of a uh, the shoulder of a highway. I saw a man at a big box store taking money out of his account to give these people and I asked him after he had already done his transaction and he was walking I said how much you had to pay him to pull you off uh, pull you out of the ditch and literally a ditch six inch ditch nothing much I probably could have helped him push his car out he paid him three hundred dollars they got him out and they escorted him to the ATM to give him three hundred dollars and he was one of the small people they took that day three hundred dollars for less than five minutes worth of work and I could have pushed him out. So don't become a, a victim, not only of the weather, but don't become a victim of other people, folks. If you plan and prepare ahead of time, most people that have, this was a professional service that pulled, that, that towed and recovered people. I'm not saying people shouldn't make money. I'm just saying, don't be a vulture. But if you have a chain, most people that come by, if you have a chain, say, could you give me a tow? Most people will help you. At least they will in the South. But that was just... Uh, that was gouging. I threatened to, to uh, turn them in to the state for uh, gouging because that was, that was absurd to treat people like that. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Oh, it absolutely is. And, I mean, everybody will take, and that's the big thing, guys. Everybody will take advantage of you under these circumstances, right? Yes, they, they even, will. Even these, uh, the God, I, I don't know what to call these guys, the tree removal guys that come out and they cut the trees up when they fall. Yes, I've sir. seen those yeah. guys just take severe advantage of people during these storms. Even like during the hurricanes and stuff, they come in and t- they take huge advantage. And um, <clears throat> just the more you can do for yourself in these circumstances when we're talking about the change of the season, specifically the winters, is going to be better for you in the long run. I guarantee it. And it's going to keep you and your family safer. The last thing you want, too, is to be broke down on the side of the road or be stuck somewhere walking down the side of the road and have some psychopath pick your ass up. Right. right. And Security. This, <laughs> right. Oh, that's that's something else we should get into, too, uh, as far as the vehicle preps go and the seasonal preps. All right. So if you guys don't have a flashlight in your vehicle right now, you're doing something wrong. All right. right. You should always have one because you could you could break down at night just as easily as you could break down in the daytime. Right. Not yep. only is going to a flashlight going to help you identify what the problem may be with your vehicle, if you got to change a tire, et cetera. But it's also going to help identify to motorists that there's somebody walking down the side of the road. It's going to keep your ass from getting ran over. Um, one of my very good friends I grew up with got killed walking down the road in the middle of the night, dressed in all black, no flashlight, no nothing. Driver didn't see him and hit him. Right. Yep. So right. just just the idea of the safety side of this, you know, having that so you could say so you could flash when a car is coming, et cetera. And a lot of people say, well, I got a flashlight on my phone. Yeah, that's great until you forget to charge your phone before you leave the house. And then that, right. that battery dies when you're walking down the road. Or you've been excessively trying to call AAA for three hours and no one's coming and now you got to walk. And now your battery's dead. Great. Right? Right. I'm not saying go as far as carrying a reflective jacket in your vehicle, but it's not going to hurt you. 
right? If you got one at the house, put it in there. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have to go out and spend money on it, if you've already got it, put it in there. Hey, Jester, a full gas tank, a flashlight, and a pocket knife, those things right there ought to be standard. I mean, there's, that should be standard issue for any prepper. Full gas tank, pocket knife, flashlight. I mean, well, I would say I people... would say some sort of weaponry too. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. You know, so th- this is the thing, guys. You know, crime doesn't slow down in the winter, right? No. It just it just doesn't. Um, and when you have, listen, I'm gonna tell you what: criminals are opportunists. All right. So yes. if if you're that person broke down on the side of the road, there's a very good chance something could happen to you. If the power's out in your neighborhood, that means security systems could be down. That means alarm systems might not be going off. Things things of this nature. So, don't for a second think to yourself, "Well, it's the winter time. Santa's coming. It's 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 cool. Everybody's being nice this time of year. Tis the season." No, it's tis the season to get robbed and you know bad things to happen. Yes, one hundred percent. And let me throw this in there. If anybody, listen, we all know you have to have water in your body. But if anybody ever tells you to go out and just start eating ice. Tell them to go fly a kite, okay? Don't go out and just start eating ice and snow, okay? <laughs> it's a bad idea. That drops your core body temperature. If you're down to just eating ice for water, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're in a bad situation. Don't just start eating ice and snow. First of all, you don't know where they come from, so they can make you sick. And second of all, it drops your core body temperature. So don't ever listen to anybody when they tell you that. And not only that, but like, you know, the people that are out there eating the snow and the ice, it takes, you burn more calories trying to reheat your body. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors by doing that. And for the people that say, oh, well, you could just, you know, put, put the snow in a bottle and put it in your pocket and let it melt. Like, do understand when you're putting that snow close to your body, it's also dropping your core temperature as well. Right on. Right on. So, I mean, if, if you're now, if you're capable of say, you know, putting, the snow or the ice in a vessel and, and melting it down into, you know, water, then that's, that's a different story. Right. Right. But I mean, it, no, any survivalist out there, any true survivalist will tell you that this is a bad idea. Don't do this. Right. 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 So, right. I mean, I don't typically leave the house without taking a bottle of water for myself and other people that are in the vehicle, but I typically have a gallon of water in the vehicle just for that. What if circumstance? There you go. Right. That's and a, that's that. That fits all se- all seasons right there, Jester. That's, that's all four seasons right there. You keep water in there because you need water all year long. So there you go. Right. And I mean, like, let's let's be honest here, guys. You know, and this is something I try to tell people, too. When we, we we've done episodes in the past talking about get home bags and vehicle preps, and I always try to tell people, like, you're not going to walk away from your vehicle empty handed. You're going to want to take things with with you. And remember, you can only carry so much. All right. right. So the idea that you know, the idea of having a bag in there that, that is just your get home bag that has everything you need in it, you know, shelter, water, foods, or all your survival items. And then having this backup bag or box that Al's talking about specifically built for the seasons is really, I think that's like the big ticket here. That is the absolute 100% way to go. Keep a pen and paper, a pen and paper in your, in your bag too, just in case. God forbid you had to walk away from your vehicle, okay? You can at least leave a note on the seat or on the dash that said, got stuck, started walking at so-and-so time, walking what direction? 
Because if they find your vehicle and they don't find you, they're going to want to know what direction you went. And understand, you could have gone in any direction. A pen and paper ought to be standard issue at any vehicle. I, I wouldn't even think about starting one up without a pen and paper in there. You might need to write something down, but you might need to write a note down telling somebody where you're at. What happened to you? What, 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 when, when did you get stuck? How long have you been gone? Leave something for the for folks to work backwards on, okay? Just, just that's, that's me right there, but leave a note of some sort. And Al's not wrong when he says that, guys. There's multiple stories out there you could look up where, you know, they found abandoned vehicles and never found the the occupants of those vehicles. They start walking and then they're never heard of or seen seen again. Right. So the idea that you could leave a note to help somebody locate you if things go wrong, right? And even even as far as putting in that note, just hey, this is what I was wearing when I left the vehicle. I was in a I was in a green hoodie. I had a, a black hat on and I was wearing blue jeans. Right. Right could make all the difference in trying to get your ass uh, or, you know, trying to get your ass back to safety or, or pull you out of a bad circumstance. It's, it's little things like that that make a big difference. And I mean, I know, I know nobody really does this, but something to think about guys is always let somebody know where you're going. Always let someone know where you're headed, what you're doing, right? If you're single, live alone, got no family. I understand that. But, you know, if, if you're going somewhere that's a little bit out of the ordinary, like, I mean, my parents would tell me, like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. You need anything, you know, or um, even when my wife leaves the house now or every time every time I leave the house, I tell my wife, I say, hey, look, I'm going I'm going here. I'm going here and I'm going here. Do you need anything? Right. Right. And it doesn't that's matter where do. I'm going. Even if I'm just taking a five minute ride to the gas station, I tell her, like, hey, I'm going to the gas station. Do you need anything? Right. Right. And she knows exactly where I'm going. That way, if like, hey, he's been gone for an hour, that's a 15-minute trip. She knows to call me that something could be wrong. Absolutely. That, you know. That's that's something that we, we always practice doing, knowing where the other person's at. And some people say, well, I don't want anybody knowing where I'm at. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You might want your own privacy. But at least let them know when you left in the general area that you're going in or where you're headed to. I mean, folks, you could literally, something could happen to you and nobody have any leads to what happened to you because you wanted to be all Mr. Private and Mrs. Private about where you're going to. Listen, my wife and I, we have no secrets from each other. And if I'm going to the store, I if I disappear or something happens to me, I want her to be able to tell people what direction I went in so they can look for me. So these little things you have to think about, folks. And if you don't have anybody to leave that with, maybe when you leave your house, you just leave a piece of paper on the, on the table. Left to go to so-and-so, so-and-so time. If something happens to you, they're going to look. And at least they know where to start from. Listen, and it's not like it was back in the day. Back in the day, you know, you had your life was set up to where you had a home phone, you didn't have a cell phone, your employers actually gave a shit about you, and if you didn't show up for work, they were calling your house and they were letting you right. know. They were asking your spouse, "Hey, where's where's Jimmy today? He didn't show up for work." Well, that's Jester, odd. they're not allowed to tell your spouse now that you didn't come to work. Do you know that? Most employers nowadays, if your spouse calls and said, did Bob come to work? They can't tell your spouse if Bob came to work today. That's how messed up society is now. Seriously, I've seen that happen. A spouse wanted to know where the other spouse, they come to work, and they weren't allowed to tell them whether they come to work that day. 
No, and it's um, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. Now, I know some people will break those rules. I know there's been times I've called in um, to my wife's work, and they said, oh, she's not here today. And I'm like, well, where the hell is she? She's supposed to be at work. And it turned out like she had a meeting in a different location that, that I didn't know about. And it's like, oh, okay, right. she's at work. She's just not where she is supposed to be today. Like, And I didn't yep. know that. But, you know, if something would, ha- would have happened to her, I would have had no way of knowing because I didn't know she had that meeting in a different location. Or if she told me, I totally forgot about it. But no, keeping people informed of what you're doing and what's going on could make all the difference in a survival situation, at least to know where to start looking for you if something went wrong. Right. Right? 100%. So, but I mean, I'll tell you what, Al, I think we should definitely continue this into a part two. Um, I do too. I think there's a lot more to be said as far as the the seasonal preps and, and where to go you know, and yep. what you should be doing and different specific things that would be very beneficial to have in your vehicle. So we're going to leave it at that. We're going to pick this episode back up next week, guys. Uh, the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on TikTok at it's doomsdaypodcast 2.0. Follow Al over there at big underscore daddy underscore prep. And guys, don't forget, send that email, right? You guys are going to get this right. on Monday. Monday night, we'll be live over on the Podbean. Don't forget to download the app. Come check us out there. Al. You got anything you want to add before we're out of here? Two things. Monday night, you know where to be at. It's Doomsday Live, and Jester has a co-host on a live show. Now that you're going to want to listen to him and that co-host that are on the live show. So when you need to be there, I'll be there. You should be there. And two, the preparation that you make today and the life that you save tomorrow might be your own. It may not be somebody else's. It might be your own. So plan effectively and do what you need to do. You got got to get the most people across the finish lines we can here. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.